Welcome to The Road to Rural Prosperity, featuring stories about rural Oklahoma and rural America. Guiding us on the journey today is our host, Ron Hayes. Well, thank you, Billy, and welcome to another edition of The Road to Rural Prosperity. Today, a special edition of The Road. We normally try to do one of these about every week or so. However, the opportunity came for us to spend a few minutes on the phone with Oklahoma Governor Kevin Stitt, and we felt that it would be appropriate to add this particular conversation to our series of episodes about rural prosperity in Oklahoma. As the governor talked with us about COVID-19, the state's response in recent days in the uh, in the face of increased tests and increased positives coming uh, from the coronavirus. Also, we talked about State Question 802. The governor expressing his opposition to this state question that is on the June primary election day ballot. And we asked the governor what the plan was to try to help oil and gas come back in Oklahoma. And we also spent some time talking top 10 as relates to the great state of Oklahoma as well. Today, this special edition podcast of the Road to Rural Prosperity, being powered by Bank First. Bank First, loyal to Oklahoma, loyal to you. And we'll be back with Governor Kevin Stitt in just a few moments after these messages. With communities from border to border, Bank First lenders understand the needs of today's agricultural market. Whether you need to purchase land, equipment, or livestock, or maybe need an operating line of credit, call on Bank First. They are a certified lender with the Farm Service Agency and can help with specialized financing when other banks can't. Bank First is proud to serve the needs of the Sooner State's agricultural market. Bank First is loyal to Oklahoma and you. Member FDIC, loan subject to approved credit. Headquartered in Oklahoma City, the Oklahoma Public School Resource Center envisions a quality public education for every child in Oklahoma. And their mission is to drive transformation and increased academic achievement within Oklahoma's public education system. The Resource Center is a nonprofit organization that provides essential resources, professional development, and technical assistance to the state's public schools. They advocate for high-quality instruction for all Oklahoma students and support increasing classroom innovation to provide them a challenging, globally competitive education. PSO provides electricity service to more than half a million customers across Oklahoma. Increasing reliance on natural gas and renewable energy is our future. Cleaner, more affordable energy to power our lives. A strong Oklahoma economy boosted by new jobs, increased revenues for rural communities and schools. Together, our energy is boundless. On this special edition of The Road to Rural Prosperity, very pleased to have along with us the 28th governor of the great state of Oklahoma, Governor Kevin Stitt. Governor, thanks uh, for being with us today, and uh, let, let's talk about several things. Uh, kind of, you know, top of mind for everybody continues to be uh, this pandemic, uh, COVID nineteen. You've you've obviously got a plan to try to get uh, Oklahoma back going. We've we've uh, got advanced into that plan pretty well now. Uh, several steps, getting obviously kind of a robust uh, uptick in, in cases. How concerned are you right now about uh, where we are with uh, with this whole whole situation? Well, thanks so much for having me on, uh, Ron. I appreciate it. I love coming on your show and uh, getting a chance to talk to uh, my my friends all across Oklahoma. And uh, but I, I'm so proud of Oklahoma. I think we've done a really good job with our COVID response. 
Um, and so we are now, just a couple updates for everybody, we're 64 days into our reopening plan. So we're so far ahead of most other states, months and months ahead of them. We went to phase three, which was basically uh, lifting all restrictions and reopening on June 1st. So we knew that we'd have a few cases tick up, um, but that's what we were planning on the entire time. And you got to remember that the goal was never to have zero cases in Oklahoma. And sometimes we hear on the news and, and some people are, are wanting us to go bunker in place until there's no cases. That's just not possible. It's just not practical. And so we've issued 25 executive orders starting back March 15th to really slow the spread and make sure our hospital capacity uh, was built up and we had our surge plan in place and our PPE. And we've done that. Oklahoma did a great job. And uh, so we currently just – we have 277 people across the state of Oklahoma in the hospital right now, 277 out of 4 million people. And we are built – we have a capacity of 5,000 uh, COVID patients. So I've got uh, surge hospital set up in Oklahoma City and Tulsa – uh, other plans around the state if we had any kind of, uh, uh, you know, influx or, or of, uh, of patients. But we're in really good shape. And, uh, and and then the other thing I want to tell Oklahomans, 70% of our cases since we reopened for the last 64 days, 70% of them have all been under the age of 50. And we've had six deaths in that population out of uh, almost 6,000 cases, and that's a 0.1% death rate. So really – the, the, the most vulnerable, the elderly, the people with compromised immune systems, those are the ones that we're concerned about. And I'm continuing to encourage them uh, to, you know, keep them, them and their families safe. Uh, but, but really that population, the 65 plus and, uh, and people with compromised immune systems, they need to just be a little bit more cautious and make sure that they uh, take precautions, stay home with their sick. Uh, they can wear masks if they're out, uh, those kind of things. I know that uh, your your administration's been watching real closely a couple of these uh, uh, out of the two major metro areas uh, hot spots. Uh, one, of course, Texas County because of uh, probably seaboard, and then of course in far southeastern Oklahoma, we've got some uh, processing plants for the poultry industry as well. They they have obviously uh, kind of followed some of those national trends of uh, of a somewhat uh, higher level, right? That's right. You know, and some of that is uh, just the the transient nature of the living quarters. So there's about in the in the seaboard plant. I think there's 35 different languages spoke. A lot of communal living, and so uh, the plant itself. There wasn't a lot of spread inside the plant, but it's when folks went back to their homes and, and uh, generations uh, live uh, really in close proximity. Uh, that's where we're receiving receiving the outbreak. So we've set up some other housing uh, for some of those folks uh, to separate. And, uh, and, and again, it's just education. Then we had some Burmese population out of Tulsa uh, that had some widespread uh, inside. They had some several funerals. And, uh, and really, it's just awareness with, that, uh, with some of those uh, different populations, making sure that they understand uh, social distancing uh, and how to keep themselves safe. Uh, but Oklahomans, for the most part, have done a fantastic job. We've been innovative. People have worked from home. People have changed their kind of practices a little bit. And, uh, and we've, we've really flattened the curve, and we've started uh, pushing uh, this out. But here's the, 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 pra- the reality is we may be going through this for the next 24 months. So I'm not going to move backwards. We're not even close to thinking about uh, putting more restrictions on. 
this is about personal responsibility and freedom and learning how to uh, how to how to live with this and uh, and live our lives and that's what we're about as Oklahomans. Beyond COVID nineteen, the governor, uh, we've obviously got a, a first of a whole series of elections for twenty twenty coming up. Primary election on on Tuesday. One state question on this particular ballot that you've taken a lot of interest in, uh, Medicaid expansion. Tell, tell me, you know, you, you've got some concerns, I know, about 802. Yeah, in my opinion, state question 802 is bad for the state of Oklahoma. And so I'm going to be voting no on it. I would encourage others to do the same. In my opinion, it's not good. And I'll tell you, give you the reasons. Number one, this is putting uh, the Obamacare or this Medicaid expansion into our Constitution. Uh, we already have the largest constitution uh, in the country, and this gives no flexibility in the future, okay? So we don't need extra stuff in our constitution. And Oklahomans need to realize we already have Medicaid in our state. We, we cover 800,000 people. Um, it's the, uh, the aged, the blind, the disabled, pregnant women. Any children are covered uh, in this uh, in Medicaid. And this is a new population that they're trying to put on. Uh, it will cost the taxpayers. It'll cost our state budget between 164 million to 200 million. And so we already next year we have a this year and next year we had a 900 million dollar deficit. So where is that 200 million going to come from? It's either going to come out of uh, other programs. It's going to come out of education, roads and bridges, public safety, or it's going to rate or, or they're going to be pushing to raise taxes. And as your governor, I am not raising taxes on hardworking Oklahomans. And so for those two reasons, uh, I'm opposed to it. Governor, beyond uh, beyond those issues, let, let, let's talk about uh, one of the key uh, key uh, components as far as our economy is concerned. That's, of course, oil and gas. Uh, double whammy, obviously, COVID-19 was a big, big issue for uh, for uh, uh, oil and gas prices, but also the the global uh, impact of the uh, the war between uh, uh, economic price war between Russia, uh, Saudi Arabia, and of course, the U.S. brought into that as well. But we're really hurting out in the countryside uh, within our oil and gas uh, community. Uh, prices, of course, have recovered some. But I guess, you know, my question to you is, is there a plan right now? Do, are you really working on some sort of a way to help Oklahoma's uh, oil and gas industry recover? Uh, absolutely. Well, I was the first state. Uh, I sent several letters to President Trump, and I applaud him for getting involved. And he uh, he actually put some pressure on the Saudis and Russia about their illegal uh, dumping, and we got 10 million barrels pulled out of the uh, pull out of uh, production, which was a, a good thing uh, for the overall pricing. But also, when when the economy shut down like it has been with COVID, you've also had 10 million barrels of uh, demand pulled out of the market. People aren't flying on airplanes or driving cars or traveling as much, and so uh, we really had too much supply. Um, and uh, and not enough demand. So it was kind of a double whammy for that industry. Uh, so I applaud the president. We're kind of getting that back going. There's been some uh, reduction in production across uh, Oklahoma and, and the U.S. But one thing I'm working on with our federal delegation uh, is uh, a bipartisan effort uh, to get some stimulus money into Oklahoma for our service industry to plug some wells that are currently uh, – um, you know, to, to actually put some of those uh, uh, oil field workers back to work on 
the plugging of existing wells and wells that are currently laying dormant. And so it's just kind of a cleanup effort that I think until these things rebound, we can put a little uh, a little shot of injection into that industry. So that's one of the other things we're working on. Of course, uh, you know, as far as our uh, agricultural uh, industry is concerned, uh, farmers, ranchers, uh, landowners, uh, many of them uh, still hold their mineral rights. Uh, the value of those mineral rights down rather significantly. Uh, royalty payments are down. So all this kind of trickles back uh, throughout uh, throughout the entire state, but especially in rural areas of our state. So there's a lot of hurt out there right now. Oh, I know there is, and, uh, and that's something that uh, we've got to get our economy going. We've got to kind of get balanced back with the demand and supply of oil, and and, and it, it'll come back. Uh, but you know, here here's the reality, and this is the other reason, in my opinion, 802's uh, not healthy because we've gone from 110 uh, drilling rigs in Oklahoma just a year ago to down to 10 rigs drilling in Oklahoma. And does anybody think that that's going to change dramatically between now and February when we're talking about next year's budget? We're going to have a billion-dollar shortfall going into next year's budget, and we don't need to saddle our state with another $200 million obligation uh, for a healthy adult population. We already cover 800,000 people on Medicaid. I don't need to put another 200,000 Oklahomans on there when I can't pay for it. I know that uh, you uh, communicate regularly within your within your cabinet to uh, to uh, Secretary Blaine Arthur and and others that are looking at some of the issues out in the countryside. Uh, what what strategies are you especially interested in right now to try to help agriculture uh, survive some of these current issues with COVID nineteen and the like? Well, you're right. Blaine Arthur does a uh, really good job, and uh, just so so pleased with her. I know she's really loved and uh, by the agricultural community, but you know, open up trade markets, making sure that we have uh, free trade and we've got more opportunities for our Oklahoma products to be sold, and then uh, processing plants. Uh, I think Oklahoma can really shine because we're we're a state that, uh, from a regulatory standpoint and a business friendly standpoint, we're the right place to be. So uh, those are the things I know Blaine is working on, and I'm supporting her on bringing more products here. Uh, we've got a Made in Oklahoma brand going as well. Uh, so. All, all those things are going to are, are going to uh, help, obviously, our uh, agricultural uh, friends. One last question, Governor, in regards to uh, uh, your 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 efforts to try to make Oklahoma, as you call it, a top ten state. You know, give me kind of a, a report card, a brief report card of how you think uh, things are going in that regard. You know, really good. We've got uh, I've got the governor's scorecard that we just started releasing, and 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 I need to get it to you. Uh, so you can share it with your with your listeners. Uh, I think it's on our on our website. Uh, but I, I basically have every single cabinet position, whether it's agriculture or tourism or commerce, um, you know, public safety, uh, transportation. I have I have them give me two or three high level goals that we track uh, on a monthly basis, and I rank it between us and other states. And so you can see, I just want us to be realistic where we are today. And then we where the average in the U.S. is, and then where uh, uh, how to become where we need to go to become top ten. So, uh, you know, some of the things that I'd highlight: transportation, for example. Uh, we are number we're thirteenth right now in bridge conditions, but we've got we've just uh, repaired a whole bunch of bridges. The new standings will come out in July. We expect to be top ten in bridge conditions in uh, in the U.S. We're twenty eighth in pavement conditions right now, so I'm pushing. Uh, Secretary Gatz to continue to improve that. I'll tell you one thing, we're number one, number one in the country 
at uh, utility prices, uh, electricity prices. So for everybody that pays their electricity bill or manufacturers, uh, we are cheaper by a long shot than any other state. We widen that from the second place. So I'm really proud of that. Uh, incarceration rates. When I took office, we were 50th. We were the last in the country. We incarcerated more people than anybody else. We're now down to 47th in that. So we're moving the needle in every single category that I'm tracking. Tourism is doing well. Uh, commerce is doing well. Unemployment, uh, we're better than most states. And so uh, I really want to share that with you, and, and I'm trying to get that out to Oklahoma so they can see kind of our progress and where we're at. And now we're, we still, we're still 47th in some areas, 48th in some areas. But I just want to be realistic where we're at, and it just shows you what we need to do to improve. Thank you so much, Governor. Governor Kevin Stitt, a special edition of The Road to Rural Prosperity. As we discuss COVID-19 and Oklahoma's response to the pandemic and uh, the uh, attempts to successfully uh, reopen the state and uh, what's what's happening as, as that all unfolds, uh, where we are on uh, this uh, state question being voted on during the June primary in the state of Oklahoma, Governor Stitt opposing state question 802 where we are on trying to help uh, the uh, oil and gas industry rebound from some hard, hard hits here in 2020, and where we are on top 10 status in the state in a variety of areas as well. Today's Road to Rural Prosperity being powered by Bank First, loyal to Oklahoma, loyal to you. Thanks again for joining us for this special edition of the Road to Rural Prosperity. We'll see you on down the road. I'm Ron Hayes reporting. Thanks for joining us for today's Road to Rural Prosperity podcast. You can join the conversation about how rural Oklahoma can prosper by looking for us on Facebook. And you can find our growing number of conversations on our website, ruralprosperityok.com. The Road to Rural Prosperity podcast series is a production of the Radio Oklahoma Ag Network and OklahomaFarmReport.com. Proud to be a part of the family of the Funk Companies.